0: Getting the best out of LinkedIn, this is The Learning Podcast with Ennio Sung. Welcome to Learning with me, Global. Media. The biggest question I get asked is, what should I post on LinkedIn? So I discussing this question at a networking event a couple of days ago. A new client asked me this question when we met for coffee this morning. And I addressed this question a few days ago with someone. To many people rather say about what's great to post on LinkedIn, much of it is conflicting and confusing. So it's no surprise that it's not easy to know what the best type of LinkedIn posts are. Today's learning will give you clarity on one of the biggest issues for LinkedIn marketers. You finally know what to post on LinkedIn on your LinkedIn profile or your company page to get more LinkedIn connections and followers to buy from you. I post on my LinkedIn profile, and company page every day. So I know how challenging it is to maintain your social media accounts and presence. I also manage social media accounts and posts for a range of businesses. They've got various posts and schedules. Some clients will post every day for, or others will post three times a week. So today we're going to cover how social media posts work, the results you can expect from organic LinkedIn posts, the way to plan your posts and schedule. Also going to look at types of posts to avoid. And finally, we're going to round off with the type of posts that you might actually want to share, so, so the type of posts that work. We have a lot to cover today, folks, so let's get going. But before we get to the content you might want to share, let's look at some of the home truths about how social media posts actually work and what we know about posts and as a whole. Right, so we hear a lot of things about what you should and should not post on LinkedIn. It's a one that anyone actually posts anything at all these days. LinkedIn is a professional business platform, so blah blah, you can't do X, Y, Z. But like other social networks, LinkedIn deliberately keeps how its algorithm works a secret. So we as marketers are none the wiser and will very easily end up believing old wild tales. Like all myths, the no call to action brigade have some sort of logic behind them, at least appear to have some some logic. They tell us that LinkedIn hates you encouraging people to click off the platform. So they restrict you can see your posts if you add a link anywhere near your LinkedIn posts. They guys not go as far as trying to recommend various treatments, ways to get around LinkedIn's algorithm. For example, there's a post-edit-post post method where you write a post normally as you would with a link. Then you remove the link before you publish the post. And then straight after publishing the post, you click on edit post on top right. And then you add the link anyway. Apparently, LinkedIn systems are too stupid to know about the link because then they go on what's published the first time around. Another therapy that we're offered to get around call to action in posts, so you don't get hammered by LinkedIn, is simply to publish your link, your call to action in the comments section. There are many more remedies that actually apparently work to help us not get punished by LinkedIn when we publish call to action. Look, I've played this game for months. I've played the LinkedIn call to action game. I've done it for different clients for different types of posts to find out whether it actually matters, whether you add a call to action or not. Does it actually make more people see your posts if you don't than if you do? Look, here's what we know for sure. It doesn't matter whether you add a call to action or not. If you remove your call to action, you won't see any massive uptick in the number of people who actually see your posts. There will be no greater number of impressions. And you won't see any increased number of people who engage with your posts in terms of likes, reactions, comments, simply by digging around with your call to action. The fact is, the proportion of your LinkedIn network have a chance to see your posts. And the bigger number of connections you have, the more chance of getting a decent number of people to actually see your posts and therefore more chance of getting engagement. And the people who like your post today would more likely see your post again higher on the feed tomorrow, like your post today and tomorrow, and probably the day after that. It doesn't matter whether what, what you add the call to action or not. So almost all of the people whose posts get many likes have a large network, a big number of connections on LinkedIn. So it's not hard to see the snowball effect that having someone like your post can bring because their network may get to see your post as well. And then there are more chances of liking your post and engaging in your posts. And the more of the network like your posts, the more your posts spreads like a virus. Hence the concept of posts going viral. See, I won't get too excited or hung up about your posts going viral, or whether millions of people like your posts or not. We want people to like our posts, of course we do. But you're making your posts go viral, it's a lot more luck and Circumstance than design. I think how many posts get published daily and how many actually go viral. If you think about it, really, you can see that getting millions of likes is never the goal for any social organic social media post, whether it's on LinkedIn or any other platform. More often than not, posts go viral when you've done something odd. Think about the biggest viral post today the Kurt Zuma cat abuse drama. Let's be honest. You don't want to be that person in the post unless it's gone viral for purely good reasons. I don't think how many brands are spending big money on posts every day and they don't go anywhere near being viral. So let's be realistic. So a third myth that we hear about LinkedIn posts, so you must only post serious stuff. I mean, it goes along the lines of, oh, well, LinkedIn is a serious B2B platform, so your content must be serious, it can't be funny, it can't be full of humour, it can't be silly, it can't be playful. I could go on. I just don't agree. Because LinkedIn is a social media platform like all the others, and people are on there engaging with all kinds of content. If your post shows your business in a good light, I say, go for it. I will come back to what type of content you may want to post in a few minutes, but literally share what you have and share what makes you look good. It hasn't got to be serious at all. There's this old wives' tale about following up with people who engage with your LinkedIn posts. So if someone likes or comments on your LinkedIn posts, then chase them up because they're potential buyers. That's what people are doing every day as well on LinkedIn. Look, don't make it your life's work to chase everyone who likes your posts. I think it's only polite and courtesy to respond to comments that people make on your posts. So it shows that you are attentive. Maybe that you you respect their time to make a comment. But in truth, most B2B decision makers don't scroll through any social media platform. They don't scroll through LinkedIn either. They're far too busy running their businesses and achieving great things. Even when they do look at social media, they're not going to give time of day to look at or engage with most of the posts on the LinkedIn feed. No matter how amazing your posts are, the big people in any sector may look at for content from specific individuals that they know and want to engage with. The people who scroll through feeds are marketers like me, because on the main, we want to find potential buyers for our clients, and we're trying to find content that we may be able to share on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. That's not I say about thinking that buyers are scrolling through LinkedIn or in other platform is the fact that most buying decisions in companies is really made on the whim of an individual who suddenly likes a picture. Now, most B2B buying is done by a buying circle, a party, or a committee who plan their investments and spending very carefully. Now, the one thing I'll say to you is this. Of course, we want people to engage with our posts. We like people enjoying our posts. Likes and reactions is what we think we want, but not really, if at all. The likes and reactions, you know, whether it's curious, thoughtful, love, love, you know, love it, insightful, certain support. You know, essentially, those things are useful. they don't mean that your posts really are great or amazing. It doesn't mean that people love them or that they want to buy from you. I'm let you into little secrets about who likes posts. Your friends will almost always like your posts if they see them. You also find that increasingly LinkedIn users belong to formal or less structured liking groups. So these are people who engage with each other's posts routinely, no matter what the post is. I'm one of those marketers who likes posts of my clients. And also I like posts on my clients behalf because just out of courtesy, if you like our posts, then I return the favor. And you know, if you're in your connection, I tend to like at least one of your posts to show that I am being supportive. Furthermore, as a value add to my clients, every so often I will scroll through my client's feed on pretty much every platform and like every person's post at least once a day on there. The amount of time I and my team have on, my, on our hands determines how far we can scroll and then how many posts we actually engage with. Now, of course, if you've got a big business with lots of staff, don't be surprised to find that many of the staff will see and like posts by the company or their colleagues. As I mentioned earlier, when someone does like your posts today, then the more chance they will see your posts again tomorrow, and they probably like the posts again tomorrow. And you can imagine this just carries on. The point is this: whilst likes can increase your post reach, to other people's networks. As I mentioned, the chances of you getting clients based on the number of likes alone is remote. That's why good marketers, the honest ones like me, call engagement vanity metrics. They look great, but they tell you nothing useful at all about whether you're getting closer to getting the real results you want, which is paying customers. The big danger of chasing likes and engagement in social media posts is that you can wrongly believe that what you are doing is working and you should do more of it. You're basing your posts on vanity metrics, engagement. Essentially, it could easily mean that you're gonna do more of the things that aren't working just to get more of nothing resistant. So I tend to judge LinkedIn posts based on tangible results. See, when clients thank me for bringing inquiries, quotations, requests, and sales, we have to understand that while a handful of people will be motivated to, to take action based on your posts, the frequency at which LinkedIn connections would buy from you based on your, your posts that are just so out of this world and amazing is at best inconsistent. So you have to do a lot more than organic posts to get sales from LinkedIn or any other social media platform. The reality is that 99.99% of people who engage with posts on LinkedIn and indeed any other social network can't even remember the post they saw a couple of minutes ago. They simply like and move on to the next post, the next task, and the next whatever. So, from this realization about how LinkedIn posts work, as you can see, that it almost doesn't matter what you post on LinkedIn. So I hear you ask, why bother posting at all? I mean, it's perfectly, it's a fair question to ask and you're very entitled to think that in your mind and I've not many, many times. It's quite simple. Look, it's worth posting on any social network simply because reaching your social media goal starts with knowing your long-term vision, which is to be the go-to service and to sell more. By chunking your goal down into smaller milestones, and eventually into weekly, daily, and hourly posting schedules, you get nearer to achieving it. Your posts is probably the first step on your marketing journey to achieve the greater goal of being that go-to service. But it brings us to the big question, really. What can you actually expect from your LinkedIn posts, especially when you're just posting organically? I can tell you about my client, Peter, at Elite Interiors London, a bespoke January company, who gets asked for quotes for designer fitting of Wardrobes or furniture based on the LinkedIn posts that we do. I will say that we only post about his furniture, pretty much. Yeah, and my client Mark, who runs Beesmax, he got asked recently to provide managed beehives based on our LinkedIn posts. Nah. Even here at global.media, we're getting inquiries for our LinkedIn generation of social media marketing every once in a while based on our organic LinkedIn posts. So, yes, you can get a few sales from your posts, especially if you sell products. You get a lot more inquiries for products from posts than you get for professional services the fact is that you never know who's going to see your posts and be motivated to take action on any given day What we do know that you don't post at all you don't post consistently or offer it will very well be a competition that inspires connections to call and make that inquiry instead so the best results you can actually expect from linkedin posts you now what's everyone should be working towards especially 98 of our b2b businesses is brand awareness you want people to know your brand exists and what your brand does whether they engage with your post or not it's neither here nor there but people engaging your brand comes from being visible and being seen you want people to at least have the chance to see your content on their feed or on your linkedin profile see social platforms like linkedin will give figures for impressions reach and sort of things like that you can't measure the impact of, sort of people seeing your brand until they take the action to actually make an inquiry or purchase i tell my clients having a presence is not something you can measure so let's not waste time looking at how many likes we've got and you know, how, how much reach we've got unless it turns into hard numbers paying customers again the reality is that many people whose feed your post is on may never actually get to see your post. You know, they probably won't get to scroll down far enough to read your posts, and they won't always engage with your posts and want to do see it. The key thing is that they would have seen your brand name, your logo, and something about what you do. And then it's a, it's a simple case of the should the they the have they engage with your business. Now, otherwise, you know, if you don't at least give yourself a chance, nothing happens. So the results I should be actively working towards is not, what should I post on LinkedIn? The more useful question is, how can I get maximum visibility on my LinkedIn posts? How can I get LinkedIn to show more people my posts? You see, i found that getting more impressions and reach, and at least getting more in front of people is often a question of how you share on LinkedIn, not so much a question of what you share on LinkedIn. So what do we know about how you share on LinkedIn? See, we know that LinkedIn will share or spread your videos that you upload directly to LinkedIn to a lot more people. That's as opposed to posting links to videos. Let's say you might you might want to put you might want to post a link to YouTube video instead. You might want to use a scheduling tool like Buffer, like I do every so often, to post videos. When you use videos that are not uploaded onto LinkedIn, it gets much less visibility, much less reach. I'll say this, posting it to your LinkedIn profile will always get you more people to see your posts. Now, a lot more people will see your posts in your personal profile than on your company page, especially if you have a decent number of connections. I have got a client who has a decent number of company page followers and only a handful of connections. So it's no surprise that the company page posts does get some reaction but nowhere near what it would be if they had more connections and a personal profile. So I'm trying to psych myself up to do an episode that sheds light on LinkedIn company pages. Believe me, they're my pets' hate. But I'll get to it sooner or later. So again, going back to our list of what we know, you can only put three hashtags in a LinkedIn post. Otherwise LinkedIn's bots may see your content as spam and punish you by reducing how many people can actually see your posts. By far, the best way to get more visibility and reach on LinkedIn is to tag people in your posts. Most likely, the person that you tag will be notified of the mention and your post might appear on on the person's feed and profile page, depending on the security settings. Tagging people in your posts will also allow your posts to be seen by the person's followers. That way you get even more exposure. So if they also like the post, then your post goes a little further to the network. The one thing I hope you get out of this episode of learning is not to get too hung up on what you post on LinkedIn. I always advise my clients to aim for their posts to educate, inform, entertain, and inspire people. Now, create a content plan with a mix of content to share you have some original content, some new content, and some reposts in there. Every piece of content that you publish on your LinkedIn posts should be part of a strategy to achieve your business goal. Now, I say work on the 80-20 rule, which is also known as imperative principle. When it comes to LinkedIn posts, basically this means aim for a mix of content so that you're not always posting explicit adverts about your services. No one wants to see content advertising or me, me, me posts all the time. So you want to make one post about your products and services that's actually trying to sell and the other four posts that you have for your week, you want to make about other parts of good content, which I will come to in a few minutes. I will say very clearly avoid clickbait posts. These are posts that attract attention and just encourage people to click. Don't go near controversial topics or fake news. You know, don't share offensive posts and don't resort to pointless polls. Granted, some people will engage with you if you share clickbait content, but the, co- but the chance of them actually becoming your customers is next to zero. Right. The one thing I, I hope you, again, you take away from me today is some stories will get plenty of likes, comments, but they won't bring any business. A sub-story is an overly emotional and personal story that begs readers to feel sorry for you. Now, it, it contains elements of tragedies, and it goes something like this. My wife passed away from a heart attack at the age of 43 and a half. Two weeks later, my dogs are having seizures. I sat up with him all night until I could get him to the vet in the morning, after two days with seizures continuing, I had made the difficult decision to put the old boy out of his misery. Then my best friend, Footy Buddy, and co and Franklin became in need of care. My divorced son and his daughter needed somewhere to stay. So I moved in with Franklin to become the full time caregiver, and my son moved into my house. Within six months, Franklin was gone too. This is the part I love the most about this sort of post. I include these, unfortunate events not to solicit sympathy or empathy. I know everyone has their own challenges in life, but if one person can feel less lonely as a result, this post would not worth it. Who can resist being moved by the story of tragedy and death? Our response to this sort of post is all about sympathy, nothing to do with being interested in buying from you. And I suggest you share this type of content with your friends and family on Facebook instead, please. See, I don't think it's useful to say what you can and can't post on LinkedIn, all I will say is that if you really must share a sub-story, then you go for it. But I don't believe it's going to do you any good for your business at all. If anything, this sort of story makes me think I should go to your competition for the next year or two because your far is traumatised That you provide a service that I might need. So I've talked about call to actions already. I said, you know, add a call to action to your posts. So what even you it your reach and exposure because of a call to action? I would rather one person takes the call to action that I want from my post and 10,000 people see my post and do nothing about it because I've got a clue what to do next. You see, creating content that's great and draws readers in is, and gives them information, it's just the beginning. Once they read that information and they think, wow, this was really amazing. See, readers want more. Sadly, many great LinkedIn posts and articles to stop short of telling readers what to do next. In other words, a call to action. Creating an effective call to action starts with having a goal. After reading your content, what do you want me to do next? Maybe your goal is to ent- entice readers to view more content, in which case you might include links to related blog posts that we carry on building a relationship with them. Well, maybe your intention is capture their email addresses or get them to download something that we can carry on legendary the campaign. And then you might be able to give them something to solve the pain points that your content addresses. So, look, share content about you. I speak to owners almost every day who want their business to be seen as an entity that stands by itself without them. So, in fact, I was on a Zoom call in an overseas law firm this morning where they were talking about this very topic and asking whether they should focus on the company page at the expense of the LinkedIn profiles of the owners. So look, face it, your business and your personal brands probably have a very similar audience. And whilst your audience might look for different things on your different social media accounts, on like a LinkedIn profile and company page, people are used to seeing you as the face of the business. By being regularly present on your company's LinkedIn accounts, you're helping to build trust, authenticity with your audience. You're adding a human element to your work. Your business is not just another business. It's a product of the service that comes from a real person and the story behind it. If you look at it, the biggest businesses in the world will still see through the image and personality of the founder, whether it's Bill at Microsoft, Elon at Tesla, Steve at Apple, James at Dyson, Richard at Virgin, or even Jeff at Amazon. Of the founders, still retain that status of being the face of the business, even when you're a very big global conglomerate. So, what are you going to post about you? Still, you want to stick mostly to content and posts that relate to your business in some way. The posts about your business at work show your values, people you meet, your products and services mm-hmm. in use, and people that you work with. Buyers align with and buy from those that they know, like, and trust. And authentic, real-life content will help you achieve trust. Yeah. Show your network and your expertise. No matter what sector or business you're in, people would trust you more and want to do business with you if they see that you're an authority in your field. So if they think you're an expert, then they actually want to trust you more. So show your expertise. But now do posts about the events that you run, especially if you help people at those events. Things like conferences, presentations, podcasts are great ways to show your greatness. Create and share content that gives your audience useful information. Use questions and issues that you get from your clients in conversations, requests, and inquiries as topics to create useful content like blogs, advice, insights, and tips. In my experience, posts inspired by real life questions and pain points for which you produce and share originally useful content the greatest value and shows you as a thought leader and authority in your sector. They also get the most engagement, by the way. It share stories of human nature. We, you know, will humans love stories and stories stick with us a lot more? We've been telling stories for centuries. You know, it's a great way to present a topic or an idea easily. The storytelling content on LinkedIn posts continues to bring higher engagement and can actually get people to actually buy from you. First time I've said those words in this section of the podcast. So stories genuinely do, do matter. You know, I've, I've used stories today to illustri- illustrate my point, because those parts, actually, once you get a picture, rather than just giving you the basics and flying through that particular section. Showcase your personality. Post about things that show your inspiration, your tastes, your values, and your priorities. But, as always, stay clear of offensive topics. Yeah, yeah. and my point here is this. I'm not going to show everything that I think and everything that I feel necessarily anywhere online, because some things I'm sure won't be to everyone's agreement. But you, know, you certainly see the better side of me. I've certainly tried to try to be helpful. But don't be afraid to show your personality on LinkedIn. I and mean, if you're funny, share a joke. Whenever I try, it was falls flat. Just make sure that what you're saying in your post matches your tone that you want to be seen in and matches your brand in terms of what you want your brand to sound like. That might sound like a crazy idea, but think of you know, a Moonpig.com post on LinkedIn. You know, it can't be overly serious, even though it's, it's written by very serious people. You has to go with the branding. Right, look, your posts are not all about you. So show content that helps your audience, from even from other people, even if that's from your competition. Now, I've got many clients who, and will cry, weep, they go into a panic when they see a post, even though it's relevant to the sector and to the audience, it's from another company that does what they do. I understand why they get into such a test. My view has always been, as long as I'm helping my audience, then I will post useful content. I don't care from, it's from. You know? But adding my take on other people's content as well. Because I hope to show that I know what I'm talking about and that we are hypercurrent in our sector. By sharing other people's content, you'll have a lot more post options, a lot more content you can share than just sharing in-house posts that you produce yourself. When it comes to realizing it's all about you, share posts about your customers. Because consumers want to see that you work with people like me. I'm much more likely to buy from you if I say you can help someone like me than if I don't see anyone who you've helped. And so they don't see I can relate to any of your customers. Post your testimonials, post your unboxing, post your meetings, post your surveys and quotations. Show that you work with real humans and those humans are real. If you want to show people using a product or services, I've said that twice now, like literally that's always a good way to get people to understand what you do and how you help. Last I will say about what you, can, what you should post or what you can post is, yes, sell your services. I mentioned the eighty twenty rule earlier. So listen, every so often post about what you do, what makes your business different and how you help people and what sets your business apart. You know, I can pretty much say that Posting about your products and services won't we'll always guess, get likes and comments, but these are the posts that actually bring the inquiries. They're the ones that trigger that person who needs your service and decides, okay, I will make that call today or I will send that message today and try and get a quote. I hope you can see that there's no need to struggle to do your LinkedIn posts. There really isn't. You know, there's no need to stress about what you post because ultimately your friends and connections will, will always like whatever you share especially if your posts inform educate inspire and entertain if you implement a good linked in the generation strategy your posts only make up a small part of it they certainly can't make or break your business the key thing is not to get too obsessed with engagement being the goal that you want from your post much like adding fuel to your car your posts just give you a presence. they give you a presence. It's a start. And it's also the thing that glues together all, your, all of the other LinkedIn marketing activities like active, actively building your connections, ad, advertising campaigns and such. Enjoy doing your posts. Enjoy telling the story of, of your business. And like I always say, if you roll the dice by doing posts, you certainly win every so often. Whereas if you don't roll the dice and do no posts, you will never win because there's nothing that anyone can do about you not being in the game. Well, happy LinkedIn marketing. That's all for today, folks. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Learning With Me in our global. Media. And certainly, if you have enjoyed listening to me today, then please hit the like button and please subscribe. That, you, that way you'll be the first to know when the next episode comes out in two weeks' time. I'd love to know what you think about this episode. And any of the others. So please use the comment section and share your thoughts. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Learning Podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast to stay ahead of your competition on LinkedIn and head to global.media.com to find out more.